0: The night that he came home. That night he tore a bloody rampage through the world of cinema and suddenly trick or treating was lethal again. His name was Michael Myers and the night was Halloween. Welcome to Filmstrip and our Halloween retrospective series. Here to protect you from the clutches of Michael Myers or the Silver Shamrock Corporation are Brian, more fancy talk, and Jay. We are talking about evil on two legs. These podcasts will be spoiler-filled as we discuss the plots, characters, and themes of the Halloween films. It is time to find out.
1: Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And this is our review of Halloween Resurrection, starring Busta Rise. Starring. <laughs> Bianca Kaleck. Thomas Ian Nicholas, Sean Patrick Thomas, Tyra Banks, Brad Laurie, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Directed by Rick Rosenthal from Halloween 2 Thing. Released in 2002 on a budget of $13 million, grossed $37.6 million at the box office. And I'm sad to say I was $7.50 of that. (laughs) So, um, as per the usual, evil thing is never really dead, especially when it makes money. Yeah. The the funny thing about that, Brian, is that the retcon of all retcons, the putting the head back on the snake, to borrow from your metaphor last time, is totally to blame on the guy who was primarily responsible for everything we liked last time, Kevin Williamson had to write something to put it back together. So he wrote this twist to bring Michael back. In fact, the original idea was that the last movie was just going to be a copycat killer. And the oh real God. Michael was going to show up here, but the producers decided to go with the second idea, which was that, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it when we get into it. But uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's common, right? Yeah. It's every horror series hits this moment. Brian, when the inexcusably stupid sequel happens, and I thought we had hit that one with this already with part five and or six, mm-hmm. this one though makes those look like genius films <laughs> compared to what is. I don't to know that I'm going to go that far. <laughs> oh, I will. I've got my knives out right now. I'll tell you. I didn't even know this was happening. For this as much is as I, as, as much as I had <laughs> followed the production of that last film and stuff, like I said, I walked out of that theater and thought it's over. It's done. The VHS came out the next year. I bought it, watched it a few times. I was done. I wasn't keeping up with the horror movies really anymore. I certainly wasn't keeping up with Halloween anymore. I thought it was done. And then I saw a trailer for something called Halloween resurrection. And I said, what? And I went back to all those sources I had used before to, you know, keep up with this movie. And I saw what, was going to happen and I said okay and I went to my little theater in the town I was living in at the time and I sat and I hung my head in (laughs) shame so I sat through all of it I got through the whole film and I just really really was not pleased and the only reasons I own a copy of Halloween Resurrection are because I'm somewhat of a completist when it comes to things like that and my wife had never seen it and had seen h2o with me and said well isn't there another one yeah there's one more you really don't want to watch it yeah i do so i went and bought it for four dollars <laughs> and, <we laughs> and watched the dvd and she said huh i kind of see what you mean now interesting
2: okay so this should be fun a fun discussion uh, because coming into this i you know loved h2o absolutely and never having seen any of these i i come in with an open mind and while uh the first act as you will call it, um, (laughs) left much to be desired. Um, I thought the second act was not as bad as you may think it was. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) We'll get into that.
2: I guess. (laughs) All right. Well, let's do get into that. Let's talk about why Jay, you hate this movie so much. Give us a plot summary.
1: (laughs) Well, the story picks up three years after the events of H2O. It reveals that Michael... While he was laying on the ground, stabbed, swapped clothes with a paramedic, <laughs> crushing his larynx so that he could not talk. Apparently you can live from that. I didn't know that. But anyway, and that was who Laurie took away in the coroner's van and decapitated. Of course, unable to deal with killing an innocent man and the fact that Michael was still out there. Laurie is committed to a mental institution where she is sort of told as a ghost story to the new mental institution workers. Michael, of course, eventually tracks her down at the institution, but she is waiting for him, and she captures him. But a fear of making the same mistake twice gets the better of her, and she tries to remove his mask when he stabs her and kills her. Michael then travels back to the family home in Haddonfield and finds a group of college students there filming an internet reality show uh, where they're going to spend the night in the Myers house to hopefully explain you know, his evilness, uh, led by Busta Rhymes. Uh, Michael picks off the intruders until he's finally electrocuted by the only surviving student and the show's creator. Freddy, Busta, And in a final scene, his body's wheeled into the coroner's office where his eyes open and she screams as credits roll. And that's that's about the best I can do to summarize the very different parts of Halloween Resurrection.
2: As a side note, crushing a larynx you will not die from all oh. the time. In 2002, I believe it was, the WWE had an event called the Elimination Chamber, the first one, and Triple H took a nice knee to the larynx from RVD, crushing it, and he went on to wrestle the another 20 minutes in that match and uh, go to the back and go right to the hospital and survived, as we know. But uh, it's not the greatest thing to have happen, but you can survive.
1: I did not know that. That actually gives me some bit of respect for uh, Triple H, which now makes me hate this movie retrospectively. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's, that's for another episode of Squared Circle Flashbacks. <laughs> but uh, well, let's let's just talk about it. The retcon of all retcons. Uh, you, you know that door, Brian, the one that you wish movies wouldn't go down. <laughs> Well, here it is.
2: So. Yeah, I, I I believe, let me see here. Let me just, uh, if I can, pull up my texting to you. <laughs> because I believe I was a little teed off when this happened. Uh, let's yeah, see here. Yeah,
1: judging about the mass volume of text I received from you as you sent this to me. Along with the first one, which was WTF, if I think
2: so. Yeah, it, well, WTF is exactly right. <laughs> I couldn't believe this. To kill him that way was amazing in H2O. Perfect. It was huh. awesome. To go back and say that she actually killed a real human being who had nothing to do with this, only because that, that was the way to bring him back to me, is ridiculous. He could have done it many different ways. Mm, you know, sewn his head back on.
1: Let me ask you, yeah. would, would the copycat killer have been any worse? than no, That would have been much worse. Yeah, that would have negated everything cool about the last movie.
2: Exactly. To have that not actually be Michael would have sucked. Yes. Um, but this is terrible. Uh, to have it be a, a poor defense... But here's the thing. So they, they show the decapitation. You know, which you know leads the, the reaching out makes a little more sense. But they show her the decapitation, and then they show her take the mask off, which everybody's been waiting to have happen, right? And it's not him. And you're just like, "Are you freaking kidding me? This is stupid."
1: Well, let me ask you this: like, they the the nurse is the one telling this whole story to the new nurse or whatever, right? She, I mean, she's like answering the audience's questions too, like wait a minute, why didn't the other guy say something? Crush Larynx. And I thought, wait a minute, wouldn't decapitating someone, like, destroy the evidence of that injury at some point? How would yeah, they ever yeah, know I'm that it wasn't so. the axe that did that? True. So, Good point. Yeah, yeah. That's why this is really stupid. <laughs> so, it's, it's I mean, it explains it, but yet it's, like, the worst explanation ever. It is the soap opera I had my head sewn back on <laughs> Action. like it really is <laughs> and the other idea they had that they weren't going to go with because it would have meant that they had to give money to John Carpenter was that well it's going to be the shape of evil again the whole spirit of Michael and it just transfers into somebody else and it just happens to dress the same way every time but somebody saw New Nightmare and realized that's a dumb idea too and again they don't want to pay Carpenter any money beyond the score so <laughs> that didn't happen either so when they explained it to me. I remember sitting in the theater, going, "Really," and I was one of maybe four people, so I could talk to myself. And I thought, "Really," and I sort of began to rub my temples and realized I was going to be in for a very long day because they were going to do this. So I guess if you're going to do it, this is yeah, this is as much an explanation as ever. I don't know. It's really
2: very strange. Yeah, it is. Let me read my text to you. <laughs> My first text is L O L WTF <laughs> wasn't Michael Myers. Yeah. To which you said possibly worst retcon ever <laughs> which I said yes makes me wish we did H two O before I saw this.
1: <laughs> you retroactively realized that as much as you want to praise that movie, that you uh, it's not going to go to a good place. <laughs> Right. And yeah, yeah, I was
2: just, I couldn't, my mind was blown, but it gets worse, Jay, because now he's still alive. He finds Laurie Strode, who's in a mental hospital because she killed a dude. <laughs> and he goes after her and she's survived four, three movies at this point mm-hmm. in, in our head, right? Halloween one, Halloween two, and Halloween H2O. Right. And she's dispatched of Way too easily here. hmm I was
1: so mad. <laughs> Here's the thing. Jamie Lee Curtis said, yeah, I'll come back and do your stupid sequel, whatever. You know, eh, fine. And when she read the script and she read the retcon, she actually said, hell, I'll do 15 minutes of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame her. Yeah, I'm like, wow, really? That that's pretty amazing. So she said, "Yeah, I'll go ahead and do some of that." And so she, I'm sure she got paid heavily. Well, actually, no, she really didn't get that much out of this. So she got paid decent wage, sure, but she's you know she's only in it for ten minutes. But she right. she like signed on to go. Yes, yeah, sure, I'll I'll do more. Okay. And that's what I guess she, she looked at it as if, well, if they're going to do this and they're clearly going to, oh, I might as well make a little money on it. and eh, Sure. I'll, as long as they kill me so I don't right. get my head sewn back on, then we're okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I think she was at that point where it's like, well, since you're just going to keep this going, why don't you just finally kill Laurie Strode once and for all? I, mm-hmm.
1: I got a problem. Uh, can we just talk about it here? I'm actually oh, yes. okay with the fact that she's stashing those pills and the Raggedy Ann doll and all that shit, and she's just sort of sitting there faking the whole time. I'm, I'm cool with that. It makes total sense to me. I'm down. But she has... And I'm even cool that she's got a trap waiting for him. Like, she's just waiting mm-hmm. on him, you know? And, I, again, I I, and I credit some of this to Rick Rosenthal, who says he hates everything of the gory part that John Carpenter added to Halloween 2, but then he goes right for it and all the killing of the guards that Michael does pretty gross uh, stuff Uh, decapitates him and cuts one, you know, squashes one guy's head and all this stuff. She knows he's coming, right?
2: Yeah.
1: She's got him on the roof. Why take off the mask as if she'd know what he looked like? Well, right. She saw him in the dark for one second. She didn't even know what he looks like.
2: The only reason, well, yeah, that's true. It could be anyone, I suppose. But the only reason she does that is because last time she killed an innocent person. Uh, so in that sense, it makes sense that she would want to do that to make sure. And she even says, "I need to make sure." And maybe, just maybe, she could recognize a little bit of her family in him. I don't know. However, it, this whole thing, I, I love it, Jay. The, the I the texts go on here. <laughs> And, and I basically said that he doesn't give up. And you asked where I was. And I said, she has just hung him up. And your response was, ah, here comes the real bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And you're so true. <laughs> yeah, at least I thought I was. And what I was referring to is the fact of how he fakes her out. That whole bit about grabbing his face, you know, and shaking his head back and forth. I was like, wait a minute. He was was he on the side of the cliff watching that go down, or how does he know that happened? I don't. Was there a 2020 on it? I don't know. It just. It's three years ago. There might have been. <laughs> there very well may have been. You're right. It, but I. But actually, I wrote in my notes. Why, he doing that? Oh, never mind. You know, he's doing it because yeah. know, he's got to do it. And goodbye, Lori. You know, I'm like, wow. <sighs> How about that? I mean, so I, easily dispatched. Yeah, stabbed, dropped. I'll see you in hell. Kiss on the mask and goodbye. You know. And I thought, uh, oh yeah.
2: And hard, this is like, like way- you said,
1: ten minutes into the movie,
2: she's dead, mm-hmm. and I'm going. Well, what the hell's he do now? Because <laughs> yeah. his whole point was to kill Laurie Strode. Right. <laughs> that was his goal from the
1: get go. So he's done that. He completed. The Yay. answer to that, Brian, is to go sit underneath his house and eat rats. Uh, because <laughs> that is essentially what he is doing. Oh God! He is preyed upon by this reality TV show. So <sighs> okay, let's just go ahead and get into Act Two. Because we miss yes. Haddonfield University, we get our new lead Sarah. We meet Rudy, Jen. They're going to be large, they say, um, which I'm like, large. well, large and in know, charge. Yeah, I know who's and and then we we <laughs> realize who's behind all this. Freddie, the man with the plan, Danger Tainment, Busta Rhymes, Busta, and his sidekick Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks. <laughs> <sighs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Now, look, you, you as, as we've well documented on many of the podcasts and stuff, you work in technology. You are the technical force of the Continuous Play universe. So I always go to you with these techie questions, okay? <laughs> I don't really understand much about bandwidth and what it takes, but I know streaming video takes a lot right. And if you're going to stream multiple independent cameras for people to watch in the early 2000s on the internet, you got to have a semi truck of stuff to be able to pull that off, right? Not just a CNN van.
2: Well, you would think so. Yes, you would think they'd have at least a uh, a van with satellite dish on top to beam the signal somewhere. But uh, you do see that sh- that Tyra Banks' character uh is actually sitting in some sort of a st- studio room or something that sends us the signals off and watching and producing.
1: Well, she's still on location. That's like the, the garden shed next to the house. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, as long as she set up the satellites to get the signal out, it can happen. I mean, it's technically feasible because that's what newscasters do. Okay. So as long as she has the the satellite hookup somewhere, which I'm guessing she does, because she's set this whole room up and she's literally producing from this room with like seven or eight TVs there that she can go back and forth on. So. To me, it made sense. I mean, the, the
1: technology was definitely there at the time. Okay, that that's good to know because I didn't know if that actually could have been done back then. I remember watching this in the theater going, man, my AOL chat is so slow. There's no way on earth that could really work. Like, I would have never thought about watching a show like this on the Internet. Yeah, watch it on MTV all day, put people in a haunted place and stick a camera on them. Sure. And we just need to say it right now. This movie is... The the second and third acts of this movie are concocted completely in reaction to another big change in horror films. And that is the found footage film. The Blair Witch Project had blown (laughs) everybody away, Mm -hmm. and now they were going to chase that for a little bit,
2: too. Made sense. I mean, if you're going to work on something that was huge and capitalize on something people liked i i didn't mind that you know, the, the concept to me was kind of interesting reality tv had just taken off around 1999 Mm-hmm. So, it was new. It was, it was the in thing. Blair Witch was a big deal. You know, 2002, Windows XP was out by then. So, a lot of this stuff it was completely transformed from what you had only, you know, five, six years ago. Right. So, to go and do a reality type broadcast, to me, made some sense. You know? And it was the height of MTV Road Rules. Big Brother was starting up. Uh, you know, I mean, all these things were happening. So, To do that in the Halloween series, I guess, as a plot device, made some sense. It was a big deal back then.
1: All right, so what about some of the other stuff, though, that's very much a, a sign of the times? The screen names, the internet chat dating, the fact that the, <laughs> that our college lead is having an online relationship with a high school freshman. Oh,
2: I didn't catch that he was a high school freshman. I thought he was a college no, freshman. No, no,
1: his, oh, his friend makes oh. a joke about it. Like, I told her I was a freshman. A freshman in high school, right? Like, this. Yeah, like, oh, what's, funny, what's funny is his friend is, like, totally against this, and I'm like, every dude I knew, that it, when I was a freshman, in high school, if you had a college girl talking to you, every dude I knew would have been down for that. It's like he's trying to talk him out of it. Well, hell yeah, it.
2: yeah, it's very right. weird.
1: But but like, I love that their whole their whole conversation is they're like chat room buddies. Like that's their mm-hmm. their online friends. Which, yeah, I'm gonna tell you, it's funny to say because we talked about it before. You and I have never actually met in person over right. all these years of podcasting so you yeah, that's the our relationship at this point but in 2002 i thought that's no way that is even like remotely real like cuz the people i chatted with were people i actually knew you know that that was different for me so
2: dude you know 1990s the the late 90s with windows uh 95 and especially with the windows 98 chat rooms were huge so i mean t- to me Yeah, having chat buddies. I mean, I remember... This is a, r- after I got out of college, but, uh, you know, we did all sorts of things. Like uh, you had uh, IRC channels where you would go into a chat room about wrestling or music or whatever, and you just sit and talk to people. You had no clue who the hell were. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you'd make friends with some and you keep up with them. So it made sense to me.
1: It, nowadays, this seems totally like no big deal because we have Facebook and Twitter and all this other stuff. FaceTime. I mean, it's not. You know, it's, it's a different world, but I, I, at the time, it was still novel. It was new to me.
2: It was tech geeky, right? I mean, yeah. if you were a tech geek like I was back then, this was nothing new to you. Right, right. And so, and you get the feeling that this, this kid is a tech geek because yes. he's able to hack in and get the internet on the big screen on his Windows XP. You know, device which is hooked up to his TV and bring all that stuff up, right? Right. And then have the little device to chat back and forth with.
1: Uh, the PDA, yes. Oh, yep. what a quaint little thing, right there. <laughs> the, before the cell palm. phones were, yeah, before they were palm what they pilots. are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Palm Pilot. I did yep. think that was kind of neat. So, but I, you know the thing is, like I'm watching this and I'm but I'm listening to the setup here, right? And I'm like, okay, spend a night in the Myers house. Okay, fine, whatever. But then Freddie starts dropping some knowledge about Michael Myers being the most brutal mass murderer. That's not even close to accurate, especially if right. you're to ignore the continuity of parts four through six. Now, you include that, maybe so. But like, just a little history here: Gary Ridgway killed at least. 49 people. They know Bundy killed at least 35. You mm-hmm. know, like th- those are the most prolific mass murderers in history. According to the Myers count, he maybe maybe has killed 18, 19 people, which is still a lot of people.
2: That's a lot of people. So, you know?
1: That's a lot of people, but he's not the most brutal mass murderer in history. Okay, that that was just like cheesy, you know.
2: Yeah, but maybe in context of being from the actual city, you kind of feel that way, right? I'm sure people think that John Wayne Gacy is the most brutal front when they're in Iowa, right? I guess yeah. I don't know. Uh, it could be all perspective, but it sells the TV show, so you got to go with it. You're going to be in the house of a mass murder. How often does that happen?
1: Exactly. And the whole point is, we're going to try to figure out the why. You know, and <laughs> and that's what gets me is I'm like, how yeah, how are you going to learn that? Right.
2: <laughs> you know? Dig through his stuff and see, uh, oh, hey, look, he had a dolly.
1: Dig through stuff. <laughs> he hasn't been around in 20 something years. That's right. the problem. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't know he's living under the house. It's kind of a hermit, you know, or whatever. So the, <laughs> the answer of where did he go after he got blown up in the hospital? Yeah, he went to his old house. And the fact that the town has still not demolished this place. It's exactly it's amazing. At some point, somebody's like, because it's in thing. disarray. Yes. You know? it, I mean, the thing is, it's in disarray and everything around it is gorgeous. Like that neighborhood. Yeah, looks Like as if they would leave that up.
2: Yeah. I know some associations who would have that place torn down. <laughs> HMA
1: would never allow that to go. <laughs> like, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, no, 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 no. They got onto me when I didn't cut my grass enough once. So right. you know, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, no. That that is unbelievable to me that the place still sits there. What if? And and this is my fix for that. I'm like, why does it have to be this disheveled, broken down place? why can't it be owned by some other people? Maybe they're older people, so it's not like you know in top shape, but it's okay. And they they rent it from them to shoot it. And sure enough, he is hiding out in the basement that they didn't know was there or something.
2: I think they're going off the plot statement that uh, they're unable to sell this house. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to live in it or buy it, except for the other Strodes, but that's a (laughs) sad point. But nobody wants to live in this house, and they've never been able to sell it, so to me that makes sense that nobody would be living there even though it's been 20 some years more the more logical question is why is it still standing or why isn't anyone doing anything with it just a historical society of the town should keep it up or something you know you would think but uh you know it is a killer's house the most logical thing would be to destroy it especially since He's been known to come back.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of hanging around out there. Again, if you ignore the continuity of it, nobody knows – because maybe nobody knows what went down in California. We don't know where that mental institution she is is located. See, now I assume that that was the
2: mental institution, the, the hospital in um, in Haddonfield that she was put in.
1: Oh, see, I, didn't, I never got that. I don't know that it's ever said. That's interesting. So I didn't think it was Smith's Grove or any of that stuff. I thought – This, which would have been up the road a little bit. I, I thought she was probably in some mental institution in California since the crime was committed in California. I mean, I, I don't know, but. Could be. Beside the point, because they don't want us to to linger on any of that. Anyway, it's all about getting to this. My question for you is I don't even know how long this show could last. How freaking big can this house be? Would it take more than 30 minutes to walk around it? I mean, this house has grown exponentially. (laughs) <laughs> throughout its different iterations.
2: Well, and, and I think that the focus is more on the different interactions between the people there than it is on how... Lo- we don't really know how long have they been in there, right? I mean, they don't really tell us that they've been in there for four hours or 35 minutes. Right. Um, it's just we go in, between. we see the interactions, between You got the, the one guy trying to hit on the redhead, Donna, which, by the way, is played by the guy who plays Kevin in American uh, Pie, which I thought was... <laughs> This <laughs> is awesome.
1: Yeah, he's in this. That's actually not, he's not the one hitting on Donna, but yes, he is in this movie. Well, he does a couple times. Oh, no, that's right. He's, he's trying to, yeah. He's, he's trying to hit on Katie Shakoff, who played Starbuck in uh, Battlestar out in Galactica. So,
2: but, but you got him, that storyline. He's trying to get her to show some boobs and whatnot and telling her about the whole that you're in the room, you're sitting in the chair that the sister was in when she got stabbed.
1: And, and, ooh, and eventually he, like Jim, the guy you're talking about, almost gets it on with this girl. That's the amazing part. Yeah. It's like every... So smooth, right? ...you could do to turn her off somehow turns her own. So, Just tells you what kind of
2: character she is. <laughs> what? <So laughs> yeah. Right. What, you get the feeling that is. a couple of them are that way. You know?
1: Yeah, kind of.
2: So. Donna, you know, and, and yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, they, I think it's more about the the storylines going on between the characters and what they're doing in the house.
1: I don't disagree with you, but the problem is none of these people like are beyond one dimensional. They're all caricatures. Like you have the yep. you have the token African American guy who's obsessed with cooking. Like everything about everything out of Sean Thomas's (laughs) mouth, Patrick Thomas's mouth is about cooking. He's he's, uh, the fennel's good, and uh, he starts throwing pepper at Michael Myers at some point. And I mean, you know, it's (laughs) everything is about cooking with this dude. And I'm like, you couldn't be more one dimensional. Sarah's the only one that has any depth. Any depth, and she doesn't have much. Her depth is she doesn't want to do this. Freddie talks her back into it. In between watching Kung Fu videos, you know, and, and then she's got the friend on the outside who helps her survive.
2: So tell me this, Jay. Yeah. If she didn't want to do it, why was she in the running for it? And how did they choose these people?
1: Yeah. It's like they chose three people that knew each other and three other people from the same school. I got the sense that they were all from the same school. Yeah. And it felt like they were having some sort of competition to be chosen. They did, like, a tryout video or something, right?
2: We needed to so see So if that. she doesn't want to be there, then why did she submit herself to be on the
1: See, that's what action. I've always thought of. it. This is we needed to see, and I don't want this movie to be longer by any means, but we needed to have seen the process somewhat yeah. how they went through to get to this point. Like, that would have at least been something useful. You know, gifts, <laughs> it, it might have helped.
2: It, because I got to tell you, Jay, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. Right. I'm. I'm not going to submit my video to a competition. I don't want to win. Right. Exactly. It just seems
1: counterintuitive. Yeah. What's the point? Right. Like I don't. I don't get it. And like, maybe she's just one of those people that needs to be talked into stuff. I don't know. So. Yeah. But. But. Uh, as if it's not clearly obvious well, made <laughs> obvious later on, the baby chair with, like, the straps and the chains on it and all that crap, if that's not a, a clear fake-out that they're being set up, I don't know what is. Because what we'll learn yeah. is that Freddy and his gang have set up the house with, like, all these fake-out traps, right, to yes. scare people because that's what people, that's what America wants to see, Brian.
2: Well, it is, right? And if you're going to be on a reality show in the House of a Mass Murderer, you need something to be scary.
1: What that tells me is that Freddie watched all those like opening Al Capone vaults stuff that was on when we were kids and saw how lame all that was and was like, no, it's going to be something on my end. So at least he set it up right. Which exp-
2: you know makes you wonder you know how, how, when did he go in and, and set all these booby traps up and where was Michael during this time
1: right and Michael was just letting him do it maybe that's when Michael was in that cross country trip to go kill Laurie. you know <laughs> and he gets maybe. back he's like what is all this crap in the house it was, there was fresh fennel to go along with my rat so I don't you know <laughs>
2: fresh fennel
1: mm. <laughs> yeah I got some, I got some new pepper whatever I don't care I, you really I don't know I don't I don't understand because. The problem is, and this feels very much this way, and I can't prove this, but this feels like another movie that then the Cods had and were going to produce that was just going to be a scary house you know, movie, and oh, all of a sudden there is a scary thing in there, and then they said, ah, we'll just make that scary thing Michael Myers, and they just sort of <laughs> stamped it on there. like It feels... So shoved together. It's one thing Nick and I talked about a lot when we did the Hellraiser series is there's three or four of those that were something else that started out as different things and then just became Hellraiser films because the producer said, yeah, we we need to do a Hellraiser movie. So they just kind of shove Hellraiser in there. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And yeah, and that is what this feels like very much. All the other films, as, as flawed as parts four through six are. But we're films that were concocted with a Michael Myers story. This feels like we just kind of shoved him in there.
2: Well, it feels like, well, we're going to kill Lori. Yeah. And then we need something else to do for the next hour and a half, because with that's not going to cut it.
1: There's this missing piece somewhere in the middle.
2: Yeah. I think you could take that first 10 minutes, throw it on the end of, well, it, w- it would have sucked on H2O. Yes. It had both of them die. Maybe. Right. Have Laurie die because she's got thrown out of a frickin' car, <laughs> and after she decapitates him, she lets herself die. Then you've completed that story, and then this other half of the, or the other two thirds of this movie could have been a completely different movie, like you said, without Michael in it, it, could have been some other kind of serial killer type thing. It would have worked just fine, but throwing Michael in there, I mean. Okay, you know.
1: Well, and, and can I tell you, you're on the track, the distribution house, the Weinsteins basically said, yeah, sure, let's just do a non Michael Myers Halloween. And it was Mustafa Akkad who said, yeah, we did that once. It was called Halloween 3. Would you like to watch <laughs> it? Oh, okay. So they, you know, they tried that and they said, you can't do a Halloween movie and not have him in it. Was that, that was, that's the thought. Well, and then, just, maybe
2: it didn't need to be a Halloween movie. You know? I agree. I, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, the way that they did it uh, with the fact that they're in Michael Myers house, that's the only reason it makes sense that he's after these people. Cause they're in his house. Right. But like you said, it could have been anything. It could have been any other kind of monster demon, whatever in this. And it would have, Worked fine on its own. But to throw the Laurie Strode thing in at the beginning and then put this on, is kind of like, well, he's already completed his goal. Why do we need to continue on this story? I don't get it.
1: Right. Like you almost wanted – and I I remember sitting in the theater going – it would be so, well, it won't be awesome, but it would at least be great if Laurie just showed up in the third act and killed him again anyway. You know, like she faked her death again. Or have John come kill him. Yeah, why not? Why, well, they weren't going to get Josh Hart. He was up to— the, <laughs> well, I'm, he was I'm just doing saying, you could have had another actor do it. Yeah, some they could have recast. I'm with you. Like They needed something else to go on here because the problem is— I don't think it's a bad idea necessarily to put people in a spooky house, you know, stuff like that. That that can work as a as a horror movie. These people though don't work because they're set up on a fool's errand anyway, and they're all kind of stupid. Let's just face it. Yeah. I mean, my dad has this famous saying when I watch movies like this with him about you know the dumbest thing any of these people do is split up. Because that's the mistake they all make. And he's dead on right. Because they, they either split up or they pair themselves with people that can't help each other.
2: Yes. And, and, and again, for this film, splitting them up makes sense because they're supposed to go explore the house of a serial killer. But once they know that the serial killer is there, I mean, come on. At that point, you get everybody together because six against one is better odds than one or two against one
1: the thing is like they don't know what's happening they just realize they're being set up and then all of a sudden michael myers shows up and it's not really him it's freddie dressed as michael myers what did you think of that the fact that like he actually meets up with the real michael myers and you know basically <laughs> tosses him out and michael yes. walks away what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to be Michael Mike. It's almost like a it was like a Saturday night live sketch or maybe an yeah. in living color mad T V sketch. And and it's funny, but I I'm looking at it going, but as the Halloween fan, I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'll
2: tell you what I really enjoyed when they smacked the shit out of him. <laughs> Because they thought he was Michael Myers, and he has to take the mask off and say, oh, man, don't do that. What did you think was going to happen? Just They're just going to look America at you and have you come after them? Yeah. Dumbass. <laughs> of course, you're lucky they didn't stab you to death.
1: I'm just trying to give America a good show. I mean, that's-
2: if I'm in a house of Michael Myers mm-hmm. and you're going to come at me as Michael Myers, I'm probably going to try and kill you. He got
1: lucky. Yeah, exactly. I mean but you know, Freddie does tell it like it is. America wants the show. They don't want reality. Reality's not really reality, which it was at the time the people that were putting together reality shows like sp- spent a lot of time and effort going, no, 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 this is very real. We don't interfere, which we all know is yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, right. Yeah, but
2: Everything's set up.
1: Yeah. yeah, but it worked for a long time. So, hey, you know, I don't know. The kills in this, they're kind of ridiculous. Jim gets her head cut off, and it's a nice knife. Boy, you can see right through the dummy as he cuts off the fake head. That was great. That was <laughs> yeah, Jim gets his head crushed so they can replete the the bloody tears you get the one guy that starts throwing condiments at Michael. So they pin him to the wall like Bob. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of like callbacks, but it all seems instead of last time when they were doing callbacks, that seemed like, you know, good homage. This just seems like cheap photographic fakery. I mean, it's like, we're just, we're just replaying the hits and it's, I don't know. It doesn't sound as good the second time around or the third time around. Well, you know, we talked
2: a lot about what's going on in the house. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what's happening at the frat house party.
1: <laughs> yeah. These because, freshmen get to the yep. party.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and they pull up the, the feed and they're watching it. And all these high, these college kids start coming in one, two, three at a time. And they're all into it and they're all watching. And of course they're looking at it like anyone else would, that this is all set up and it's hilarious. Right. And then they realize or at least some of them realize that they're in deep shit. And what do they do? They don't call the cops. No, no. Instead, they start texting or in those days, I guess instant messaging back and forth with their friend in the in the in the house.
1: Right, the guy Deckard, the, hell? the main guy starts starts getting up with her and it, he's try- actually, I do remember he's like trying to get people to call the cops, and nobody buys it for a minute. Well, I, and then yeah, when I, then when they do get the cops on the line, the cops think they're playing a joke on them. So right, the cops well, and we know that
2: Haddonfield's Hadenfield's uh, police department's not exactly mm, great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they've had a lot of Michael Myers jokes told to them through the years. They're probably yeah. done. So uh, I don't know. It, it, it's it's there so that we can start following Sarah around, and she's got to have help. And that's what separates her from the rest of these people is she's got a connection outside of the group that's going to help her. And really he does help her walk around the house and evade Michael on a couple of different occasions. Like that's what is there. But they totally rip off a shot right out of Blair Witch when she's on the roof and the cameras pointed straight up at her face. Like, through her nostrils or whatever. All I needed to do was start crying and sniffling through it. You know, I was like, Oh, that's uh, rip that off. So, you know, and there's a cut of this, by the way, if you watch it on the DVD, Brian, where you can watch the last two thirds of the movie through entirely through the perspective of those multiple cameras that everybody's wearing
2: seriously well, yes and
1: it is horrible though i don't recommend I can it imagine so, yeah but they they had the footage so there you go you know i I don't know the palm pilot to the Rescue is what i wrote down you know well that's what it really is i, bet, I wonder if this movie sold a few of those i'm just curious i had friends that had one i didn't have one i used them. to have one yeah i thought they were pretty cool so i had
2: one for work so. so yeah i had one of those i had a dell axiom which was the color version that came out later and yeah you know i've been Working with tablets long time, yeah. nothing compared to what they have they have now but, oh, uh, no.
1: well these kids today you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> but really so but I, I don't know you know uh, I was actually surprised of uh, you know the fact that she and Freddie both lived. I thought it was just going to be her. I thought it was she was going to be final girl, but uh, Busta doesn't doesn't buy it. Yeah, Busta
2: survives somehow. He must have probably said he wouldn't die or something because he's Busta <laughs> Rhymes. But even, uh, Tyra Banks' his character Nora gets, gets the, uh, axe, but, uh, yeah. Why they needed two of them to survive, I'm not quite sure, but whatever. It doesn't matter at this point anyway, because the truth of the matter is, is they think they kill him again with electrocution Ugh. because fire works so well yes. that electricity is going to work as well. An axe to the, to the heart doesn't work. So
1: before they electrocute him and, and all that, and they, you know, they hang him and all this stuff, Freddie breaks out some kung fu on him. Yeah, that is when I actively just start rejecting everything that's in front of me when I'm watching this. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so just, there's something that, just, and, and I'm, I try to not be that fanboy about many things, because I, I, I tend to just think, ah, you know, you should let it go. But there are some things, I'm like, no, that's a line we just don't cross. You know, that's like, <laughs> that's like when Pearl Jam recently did did a live cover of, like, a song from Disney's Frozen. I'm like, no, these, this is not oh, allowed God, to happen. Yes. You know, so I was like, this. There are certain things. I know you got kids, now Eddie, but come on, you know, like this is not. We just can't. Uh, I can't abide certain things, and that is one of those. Buster Rhymes whipping out the kung fu doesn't do it for you. Buster whipping on the kung fu on anybody else is cool. Not in a Halloween field It's just dumb. <laughs> it's just dumb, dumb,
2: dumb. It would be the perfect way to kill him. Yeah, have him start whipping out the kung fu, and Michael just being like, dude. Really,
1: it, yeah, dead it, like tear his head off, yeah, or something. Yeah. But, but that would have never happened because again, Sarah comes at him with a chainsaw, cuts some wires. There's a fire. I, I don't know. He electrocutes and burns. I'm not even really sure what happens. And there's there are alternate takes too where like she hits him in the face with an axe and all kinds of stuff. And that you know you can watch that if you want. But the ending is the ending, and they wheel him off. And I don't know. Busta says some you know prophetic thing about you know you can't contain Michael Myers. And I don't know random crap about a shark and then and then of course michael goes into the corner um who's way hot to be working the midnight shift as a corner but whatever and opens his eyes as the credits and bad music begin to roll
2: yeah (laughs) now wouldn't it have been a better ending if they would have electrocuted him and had the house set on fire and just burned to the ground
1: Well, I kind of thought that's what happened, but they didn't show it that way because the house is still standing at the end. You're right, and they got him out. It was like if it had buried him in the rubble, yeah, I'd like carry because then
2: the house is gone. This is the only link now back to Michael Myers. He's already killed his family. Yeah. So why
1: not? I just said it there. Look, they had the house burned down. Everybody walks away from the scene and out of the rubble comes his hand. You just rip off Carrie and end it that way. You want to leave it on a hanger? That's That's a better way of doing it than this stupid eye open thing in the coroner's office.
2: Yeah, even cooler would have been if the mask was lying there and you got the hand reach out and grab it. But you know that's just me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah they
1: they weren't they weren't that smart putting this together, bro. They didn't give no. It they weren't. They weren't. They they weren't giving it that kind of thought. And I'm gonna tell you, I, I mean, I walked out of the theater going like. I don't think they'll ever make another one. I don't know how they can because I remember when I walked out of Part Six out of the theater, I thought, "Shit, I don't know how they'll ever do another one of these." That was just weird, you know. And, well, and they set it up to have another one if they wanted to, right? And but they never thankfully did. they have not. Yeah, they, and they never, they never <laughs> will. Like that—that that is it. This is the end of that era was this it just died and, and the only yeah. thing to do after this was what they decided to do which is the big massive reboot. massive reboot retooling that uh, Rob Zombie's going to give it next time around but
2: yeah it's really too bad Jay that, that uh, they didn't end this on H2O because that would have been a very very satisfying finish to the
1: series I agree with that statement so Brian what are your final thoughts recommendations and popcorn ratings for Halloween Resurrection well I think you got to look at it this way the
2: beginning with Laurie Strode's immediate death sucked. It was horrifying. It's just a terrible retcon, terrible way to, to do it. If the movie would have been Michael Myers going after Laurie Strode one last time and ended up killing her, I would have been much more satisfied. Um if you look at it also then throw that out. Throw that first section out completely and you came back and just watched the second half It's not terrible. I mean, it's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but you can go with it. There's some sense to why he would be there to kill them and, you know, whatever. It would be like a a B-horror film, right? And it would be okay for that. So I'm going to go with a small popcorn. I don't think it's as bad as we got in part five or six. I will say that.
1: Small popcorn is obviously the, the rating here for me on this. But this is by far the worst of the series for me. Not even <laughs> close. And and here's here's why. Because as harebrained and weird as parts five and six are, and the rest assured they are, uh, there's actually something to follow and do there. And I kind of find myself getting into those. And mildly being... I, you know, thrilled and somewhat scared by some of what's there. And I wouldn't say scared. It's hard to scare me. I've seen so many of these things, but I can feel the, uh, you know, the tension in it. Like I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. Um, and I enjoy this. There's none of that. In this. There's not at one point of this when I'm remotely anything less than just annoyed by everything that's on the screen. And uh, I can't, it at all. It's the worst of the series for me. And I again, I see why they killed it after this. This was it. I was, there was nowhere else to go after this. They ran it in the ground and it had the Rob Zombie thing never happened, they probably would have never gone back to it. Because, one, it didn't really make money. And horror movies had, again, changed quite a bit. And they just weren't... you know They weren't this slasher fair anymore. And this mm-hmm. film... Uh, could it be a, a B slasher if it weren't a Halloween movie and it was just a bunch of scary people in the house sure yeah I've seen that movie a lot of other times and it's a lot better done in those this <laughs> this is a, a caricature of all of that stuff so it's small popcorn worst one of the series for me and you know just a just a bad film, and um, not one I would ever, ever recommend anybody look at. But unless you're just – like if you love H2O, like you and I obviously did, if you would just be curious to say, well, what if that wasn't for reals and like he was still alive, what would happen? Yeah, the first ten minutes or so is sort of an interesting exercise in that. But I don't I, – I Oh, would, it's a terrible I, exercise. Well, I, I would think of it as you know, this is the what might have been, but aren't you glad it's not and she chopped his head off? You know, like, that's really the more how you look at it. Because this movie is just yeah. awful.
2: And so... Well, yeah. Let's let's do this, Jay. We're technically at the end of this series as far as the original goes. We're going to do the two Rob Zombie uh, reboots, right. which is great. But those are... They're separate things. Right. So if we're looking at... This franchise mm-hmm. as a whole in these, what is it? Seven films that yes. we have? Eight, eight, films? Eight, eight films? Eight films. Eight films.
1: Well, you gotta say seven because you gotta take three out of it. Three out.
2: Yes. So, take three out. That's so a completely seven. separate thing. Yeah. So we got these seven films. It's my opinion and I, and I would think that you would agree with me on this, that you really only need to watch one, two, and H2O. Agreed. Yes. That is the complete story, in my yes. opinion, of this franchise. Yes. I really enjoyed 4. I loved the ending of 4 and thought that they had some potential with that mm-hmm. to go on, but they ruined it with 5 and 6. <laughs> and so you don't even need to watch those. 4 is a decent film, right? but 5 and 6 are so garbage that it just ruins 4 for you. So 1, 2, and H2O gives you the complete, in my opinion, uh, Halloween story. And that's all you really need out of this group. And I would love to see Rob – I know Rob did one and two. I would love to see him do a take on H2O as well just to complete that trilogy of, of the film.
1: Well, that's going to be interesting if you still feel that way after you see what he does with these two films. Again, <laughs> Good point. They're, Good they're, point. <laughs> very, very different. But we'll get into those again. I'm glad you brought this up, though, because uh, you have actually uh, have revealed a Halloween time of the year tradition for me. I watch Halloween 1, 2, and H2O. And I usually try to get them all in in you know the same evening sitting or whatever, and that's how I like to watch them. Mm-hmm. I enjoy this. And our friend John Jansen over at the Hollywood uh, Gauntlet is a you know is a fan editor and does a lot of fan edits. And he had a fan edit once that was exactly that. It was Halloween one. Most of Halloween 2. Uh, he took a couple of scenes from here and there to splice things together, stuck it right together with H2O. And so you had like a two hours and 50 minute just horror opus. So you really cut them together mm. once. And, uh, you know, if you, if you do fan edit forms and stuff, you can find that out there, folks. It, it's kind of neat. But for me, I like watching parts one, part two, and then throwing in H2O to kind of cap it off. And, and that's, how I that like should be it. how it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean really it is cuz I you know you can't watch the other ones and then go to, well we we've done it here but you know if you go from parts 4 through 6 and then you throw an H2O it's like sheesh, what a breath of air, you know. Yeah. So it's like I, going I, from Buffy season 4 to go back to watch season 2, you know or something. Yeah. It's just a totally different vibe.
2: I will say this Jay as a first time viewer of all these films. Yes. I will probably only ever go back and watch 1, 2, and H2O. Those are the only films I would ever care to watch again. Right. Just because they're so much better than everything else that they put out in this series. So for me, if I'm thinking, let's watch the Halloween uh, franchise, those are the ones I'm going to go to and skip everything else.
1: And as the Halloween fan, I'll tell you that's what you should do, too, because those are the best ones. See 1, mm. 2, H2O, and nothing else, because there's nothing else there there really isn't so <laughs> yeah. uh, but as you said there are two more chapters in our retrospective here yeah the rob zombie takes on halloween and i'm really i the, you know these I feel like a lot of the way we reviewed these films, there's a lot of ink been spilt on the, the Halloween series as it is or whatever. And you and I've kind of approached these the way that we did Buffy with the art of slaying. You know, we didn't walk through it or whatever. I have a feeling we're going to get a different kind of review next time these next two, because there's so much different and so much more to try to dissect in those. they're They're long and they're incredibly dense and they are brutal to uh, experience. Like Rob Zombie films, I don't know if you've seen any of his other stuff, but you don't really watch them as much as you get beaten in the face by them. (laughs) That's kind of how they work. (laughs) So it'll be really interesting to get your take on it again. It's not only a newbie to to those films but to him and the aesthetic that he presents so very because i know you're a fan of white zombie like you like the music and stuff so you oh well yeah you kind of know
2: his thing so uh you know well i, I think it's a lot different than a movie <laughs> but
1: <laughs> true but but i i think you'll be surprised how much of that stuff you see in it too so uh, we'll get there next time Folks, thanks for joining us on this latest episode of Film Strip. You can find more episodes and our other podcast ventures at our website, continuousplaypodcast.com. You Click your podcast adventure there. Choose the link uh, to where you want to go, and you can find all the episodes there. Find link to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think, and hey, you know, tell us since we've kind of thrown it out there. Throw it on Facebook for us on Twitter. Hey, you know, what do you consider to be the the? How would you rank these films of the Halloween series, and what do you think of them? Uh, you know, let us know your opinion. We always appreciate interacting with the listeners, and of course, your support. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. Film strip.
0: Thank you for listening to our Halloween retrospective series. What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes, like our Facebook page, and visit our website continuousplaypodcast.com slash movies for more episodes. All content used or discussed in these podcast episodes is the property of its respective owners and is used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504, C2, Title 17.